Be inspired, supported, and empowered. This is the Global Healthy Living Foundation Podcast Network. A couple months ago, I had a lady that was going to fly out and she just kept listening to the podcast and she was like, you know what? I, I actually implemented some things that you said and I feel like I'm good, so I don't need to come out. So we like to get paid for what we do, but that's great too, that the podcast can have that much of an impact. Welcome to Talking Head Pain, the podcast that confronts head pain head on. Hi, I'm Joe Coe, Director of Education Digital Strategy at the Global Healthy Living Foundation and a migraine patient for over 20 years. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Taves. He's from the Navarra Headache Center. Dr. Taves and his team specialize in physical therapy for people with migraine and headache. He's also the host of the Headache Doctor podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. It's an honor to be here. I'm so excited. I came across you on TikTok and Instagram, and then we uh, crossed paths via email. So I'm really happy that you're on Talking Head Pain today. So let's kick it off getting into the nitty gritty about physical therapy. Can you talk about the connection that you see or know between the neck and how it may affect migraine? It's definitely a good starting point. So a little bit of my story is I obviously went through physical therapy school and at the Mayo Clinic, I, I started to get exposure to what's called manual therapy. So in one of your previous podcasts, you had on a, another physical therapist, Sam, and uh, I, I loved what he had to say. So he mentioned manual therapy and he talked a lot about the sensitivities that the musculoskeletal system has. So when I say that, I'm talking about muscles, tendons, joints, the way our bodies move. So as a physical therapist, what we're trained in is how to understand, diagnose, and correct movement problems. So virtually in any setting, whether it's in the hospital or outpatient when you're working with a knee replacement, we're trying to get people moving better. So that's essentially what physical therapists do. So when it comes to treating something like migraine or someone that has chronic headaches, um, tension headaches, he had mentioned cervicogenic headaches, those, those types of presentations, we can find things as far as how the body moves that are dysfunctional. They're not moving the way they should. And so when it comes to the neck, we actually, our neck is tasked with holding up and mobilizing this 10 to 12 pound head. So about the weight of a bowling ball. And there's specific joints within the neck that, especially high up in the neck, the head sitting on the first bone, the first bone sitting on the second bone that allow us to nod and rotate. They do most of that movement. And so one of the common things we find with uh, lots of types of head and facial pain is that the upper part of the neck, these two joints can be restricted. And so going through the process of, like I said, being a manual therapist, meaning I'm using my, I use my hands, we've found that this treatment approach can be really helpful for people that have head and facial pain. What Sam talked about were a lot of those sensitivities, the hypersensitivity that people have. And uh, so treating this from a from a hands-on manual approach has, has seemed to be really successful. And so I'm excited about that because I know that migraine is just such a debilitating disease. It's, it's, a, it's an issue that so many people suffer with. So having this approach as an alternative, as something that can come alongside what our healthcare system is already doing, I get really excited about it. Yeah, that's amazing. I loved that discussion with Sam about physical therapy. It wasn't something that I really considered as a migraine patient. And it blew my mind when he mentioned that we might be overstretching our necks because that's like the first thing I do when I feel an attack. I feel really stiff and I, I stretch and I'm trying to like work that out. And I've been really conscious of that since since that discussion. Hmm. Uh, really interesting advice. Yeah, actually, that I agree with completely because in one of my uh, TikToks, I think it's one of my most popular ones, I tell people, if you pull your head like this and you're sort of you know cranking your neck to one side, 
that's a very, very commonly prescribed type of stretch. And it's actually intuitive for people to just pull their head to the side when they feel shoulder tension, neck tension. I actually don't agree with that, especially, well, I mean, there are situations where that might be a good stretch. For for most of our patients, most people that work with us, the the nuances of what's actually happening in their neck make this just general stretch through the neck actually something that can increase the amount of tension and stress through the neck. And so we want to get a little bit more specific than that, but I totally agree with what Sam was saying. So for those who can't, who are not watching the video of this, Dr. Taves is pulling his neck to one side and stretching like you would when you feel tense. Yeah, intuitive. Very, very natural feeling. What would be a good way for someone to, I'm a little tense right now, Dr. <laughs> Taves. What? How should I stretch? I'm going to start with uh, sort of an overarching principle, okay? If you're feeling stress or tension in the moment, there are definitely things we can do and we'll get to that. But what I like to talk about is like the the pre-stress and tension because movement is so important to our daily lives. And the more we move, so our bodies are intended to move. And like I said, these joints in our neck, they want to move. They want their full range of motion. So oftentimes we get to the point of having this stress or tension in our neck because we're not giving our body the things that it that it wants to do. And so finding yourself, breaking up your day with regular walks, having an actual exercise routine, I know he talked about that a lot too, that can be really valuable. And so that can prevent the body from getting into this state of just everything hurts and it's tight and it feels like um, it's achy. Joe, you sitting there right now, um, one thing that I tell people to try to do as little of as possible is sit. So you can tell that I'm standing here. I'm a big believer in standing desks. I uh, I feel like you know our world is on a computer nowadays. It's digital. Most people are working at a computer, and so I I think standing desks are a great option for people just to get their their body and their musculoskeletal system working to some extent. Um, and so there you go, and you you sit up a little bit straighter, right? And so good posture is a wonderful thing. We, everyone should consider their posture when they are sitting, because I know oftentimes it's unavoidable. Like we have to sit, right? But um, what I say is the next posture is the best posture. And so if you're sitting and you're slouched, that's okay for a period of time. But then I want you to sit up and I want you to bring your shoulders back. The other thing I want you to do is bring your head back. So oftentimes we see a lot of tension and pain that can be generated from these little tiny muscles in the back of the head called the suboccipitals. Suboccipitals meaning they're just below the occiput, which is the back side of the head. Joe, are you familiar? Like if you push there, is that sensitive on you? That feels all right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. How about right there? Kind of to the side. For the listeners, if if you take your finger, you run it up the side of your neck, just before you hit the base of your skull, there might be a little fleshy part that's a little sensitive. Oftentimes, people that have head and facial pain, um, that have migraine, will have sensitivity there. And intuitively, they might think that, you know, someone should massage it. They'll have a spouse, significant other, um, start to, you know, massage that or put pressure on it. And that's that suboccipital area. So one thing you can do in sitting or standing or just throughout your day is just take your head and sort of glide it straight back. Like it's your chin is sitting on a shelf, glide it straight back. And in addition to that, maybe even tuck your chin a little bit. So for those of you watching, it looks a little bit like this. It's kind of awkward. You make a double chin and then you just tuck a little bit. The goal is to feel a bit of a stretch 
in the back of the neck. And uh, I, when I put this on my social media channels, I have people all the time say like, oh yeah, that feels like a good stretch. Um, and so that's just a little tip as you're sitting there, Joe, trying to make you more comfortable during our interview. Um, you can try that out. What was interesting with that, I definitely felt in the back of my neck. I also felt it in my chest a little bit, like it was opening yeah. up my chest. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. chest is another area that we want to hit on as far as improving posture. A lot of people have stress, tension through their chest. Um, so any sort of pec stretch throughout the day is also a good thing. So what's your thoughts on strength training? I know that there's not a lot of research on strength training in migraine. I know there's a lot of research on cardiovascular training in migraine and how it's beneficial. What do you see in terms of strengthening muscles around different areas? And is there research that you think is going to happen in that field? There's a few thoughts I have there. Um, if we're actually treating a patient and trying to get them back to an exercise program, specifically strength training, there are some foundational things that we want to work on first. And like I said, the, the mobility in the upper part of the neck is one of those things we want to at least evaluate, screen for, and then start treating. We want to bring down the level of tension because if you go into a workout and your body is already in this state of increased stress, um, depending on the type of exercise or lift that you're doing, it could be a trigger. And so a lot of people that strength train that have migraine find strength training actually as a trigger. And so that can be kind of deflating because going to the gym is obviously a healthy thing. That's something we want to do. So on the other end of it, we coach people in how to, how to actually lift to some extent, but what lifts to watch out for. So general principles are the shoulders tend to carry a lot of stress and tension. Now that's intuitive for, for people, I'm sure listening. The, the way the shoulders function is in a resting position, you've got a few different muscle groups like this levator scapula, which runs from the top part of your scapula up into the upper part of your neck and the upper trap, which um, makes up the, the upper part of the trapezius runs from the shoulder blade up into the neck as well. And so if you're carrying shoulder tension, that, uh, that tension is anchoring on your neck. And so there's a level of stress that's coming from the shoulders and sort of adding stress to the neck. Now, if you go into the gym and you do things like shrugs, shrugs might actually be aggravating for someone that has migraine or has tension through their neck or has tension through their shoulders. And so what we want to do is actually restore proper function, resting position of the shoulders so that when you do those exercises, um, you're actually getting the benefit of strengthening the muscle without adding tension. And so exercising in a dysfunctional way, uh, when I say that word, Joe, do you understand what I mean by that? Definitely. Okay. So exercising in a dysfunctional way can actually be aggravating. Exercise is good and strength training is good. We just need to sort of get the foundational pieces right. And then the other element is building up a tolerance so that the body um, gets used to the type of lifting that you're doing. That's so interesting. And I lived through that. I was getting triggered whenever I was doing back and trap exercises and I connected it to migraine because mm -hmm. I was getting migraine attacks after doing that. And I really worked on functional movements with a trainer and yeah. building up shoulder stability and strength. And that was super helpful because it's good. They tell you like, I really like working out, but I don't like getting migraine attacks. So I had to realize what worked and what didn't work. And the trap was definitely an area that uh, aggravated me for a while. It doesn't anymore to your point. Once you build up that tolerance. Yeah. And actually this is, this is kind of a subcategory of this conversation, but I just did a podcast on exercise induced headaches um, or exertion headaches. And 
in that category, a lot of people will have exercise will be a trigger, especially weight training. And part of that is this sort of Valsalva maneuver, the pressure that's increased through their system. Sam talked about this a little bit too, but the sensitivities that people with migraine go through will lead to sort of a hypersensitivity or the brain perceiving hypersensitivity of like blood vessels within the brain itself. And so that increased pressure that can happen during a lift. So if you find yourself, you know, on the bench press and the weights down and you hold your breath and you're pushing up all of that stress and tension can be triggering for the neck. Um, and for those sensitivities that are already there. Breathing is so important. Yeah. And yeah. I, you got to breathe. I, I have to remember to breathe and be fluid with the breath while you're doing the movement. And that's part of the fun is that mind body connection and takes me away from all of the, the crazy stuff that's happening in the world. What advice would you give to someone who's nervous about seeing a physical therapist? Cause some of us might not really even know what that is. It's a really good question. So there's a, there's an assumption in the question. The assumption is that the physical therapist down your street will know exactly what to do with you. And unfortunately that's just, that's not true. And so physical therapy does not look the same across, you know, anyone that has the DPT or the PT behind their name. That's the unfortunate thing that um, I am trying to change. And so if someone is pursuing physical therapy, so with what we do, we do this uh, manual therapy, hands-on approach with most of our patients. Obviously, there's a lot of other stuff like talking about general exercise and the importance of movement um, in, in lifestyle and then specific exercise that can help reduce this amount of tension. But when it comes to manual therapy or hands-on to address some of these issues within the neck, finding a, a good manual therapist, I mean, a Google search, calling the office, say, hey, does this person treat the neck? You, you know, that would be a question to ask. And then when you go in to see a physical therapist, it can be a little bit stressful, like it's natural for that to be there if you're going to see a provider and, you're, and, you, and they're working on your neck, because the neck is sort of this area that oftentimes people think, um, I don't want them to screw it up, right? A couple things there, the, the neck is really resilient, the body's very resilient, but your body will also tell you if it's helpful or hurtful. And so if you leave and you're just like, man, now I feel awful, um, that rarely happens in our clinic and that would be something to listen to, okay? So that's a way to evaluate uh, your session. The other thing that that can be kind of supplemental if you can't find a good physical therapist is actually finding a, a massage therapist that can focus on uh, muscle tension through your shoulders. Um, potentially, they can do some work on your jaw because we see a lot of jaw issues um, with patients as well. But um, I would say a physical therapist that says that they're confident in treating um, headaches is going to likely have the ability to help in some extent when it comes to neck tension, shoulder tension, things like that. And then if you're just going to a general physical therapist that, and you walk in and you say, hey, I want you to help with my migraine. And then if you make it past that and they're like, okay, I feel like we can help you because they may not even have confidence there. What they might do is provide a, just a framework for you to get back into exercise and more specific stretches for like posture, how to stabilize your neck, things like that. And those can be really helpful. So I don't want to say like just going to a general physical therapist isn't warranted because it could be. But as Sam said as well, in our profession, it's hard to find physical therapists that are really confident in this area. And I think that was my big hesitation as a patient in even considering physical therapy as an option because I didn't view the ones that I've seen as being really competent. And yeah. talking to someone like Sam and yourself, I'm like, wow, there's all this information that's out there that we can use that can help us just feel better 
be more active if we want to be. I think a lot of us do and are sidelined by migraine. Yeah. So it's it's really important to know. And I appreciate that you're taking that on in your industry because if it could help people, we should try it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, wh- whatever <laughs> whatever it takes to just give people a better quality of life. Yeah, and, and medication definitely has its role. We like to complement medication, come alongside Um, people that obviously it's like if medication works great, if something else works great, I mean, people just go through the process of trying to find an answer. And so we probably fall a little bit more into the alternative approach. And I would say that's just because it's lesser known, not because we're doing any quackery, but uh, as, as we try to grow and develop and educate physical therapists, I hope that there's this um, very prominent presence of physical therapists within the headache and migraine space because of all that tension and the sensitivities that happen in the neck and the shoulders. It's, it's a natural area for us to be in because of these movement problems we see. Well, you're definitely all welcome, the competent ones on Talking Head Pain. There's a space for you here. wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about your social media and your podcast. So yeah. you are super active on TikTok which is like a really interesting space for medical information. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of maligning of TikTok. Some government agencies ban people from being able to access it. What have you learned by being on TikTok? And what are some of the the most popular pieces of content that you produce? Yeah, TikTok is, I would say it's uh, it's been a challenge because it's got to be really short and it's got to be, at least in my world, uh, kind of high intensity. I have to sort of say, hey, do you have this problem? And here's something you can try. And so it's funny because people will watch a minute video and then they want me to, you know, fix all their problems. And well, you know, it's like I had 30 seconds, you know, so, but the ones that did really well and that do really well are when I am able to sort of communicate in a way where people know that I'm speaking to them and they think, oh, this is me. And then what I'll provide them is with some little solution or tip or trick. And the reason that the videos do well is because oftentimes people will try it and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I, I feel that. One of my more popular videos was actually going back to this neck stretch where you just pull your head to the side. I talked about doing a nerve glide instead. And uh, Joe, if you can, if maybe I can angle the camera here, but you take the palm of your hand and you put it down and back, kind of away from you, if you were Iron Man and you were going to blast off, right? And then what I want you to do is tip your head the opposite direction and then just depress your shoulder. Do you feel any sort of like burning nerve stretch sensation down your arm? Maybe it's in your elbow. Your hand should be open. Your fingers should be extended. And then I want you to kind of depress your shoulder until you feel it and then just relax your shoulder and repeat that 10 times or so. What that's actually doing is stretching a nerve that's obviously running from your spinal cord all the way down to the tips of your fingers. Now that nerve should glide and move from our shoulder all the way down to our fingertips. And that tension that we've been talking about that builds up can um, easily impact the mobility in that nerve. Whether it's a, a pec stretch for posture, this is one of the other beneficial things you can do to take stress off the neck into the shoulder because that nerve tension can build up over time. Uh, and so that can be a really therapeutic thing to do. And that's that's getting that same type of stretch without cranking on your neck and potentially aggravating things that are there. I like that. And I did 
go on your TikTok and try that after we spoke the first time. And what's so interesting is, is that the side of my neck that's tighter, I definitely feel it more intense. Yeah. So it is doing, it is doing something. My my right side. Keep it up, Joe. And then you can't. But you can't fix me in a minute. Why not? That's <laughs> that's messed up. I I need TikTok to solve my problems. I know that's that's the expectation. But I'm happy to help people, and it it is a great platform. I mean, yeah. As far as like the instability of the platform itself, I get a lot of benefit off of it. So I don't know what the risk reward is there. Maybe I'm ignorant of the risks on it, but it's been a great platform for us to get the word out and try to help people. And yeah, if I if I can help someone in 60 seconds, great. You know, I can go home happy that day. And you're also the host of uh, the Headache Doctor podcast. What has been the most interesting episode that you produced? Yeah, the most interesting episode, we've repeated it a few times, and essentially it's me talking about the connection between the neck and head and facial pain. So when people come into our practice, we screen and assess for the same things, kind of regardless of the diagnosis that they come in with. Obviously, we take it into consideration what they've received going through our healthcare system and and a bunch of other information. But one of the things that we commonly see that I believe is overlooked in our healthcare process is movement of the neck. So if you think of the neck as being a problem, let's say you have headaches, you have migraine, and you intuitively think, my neck seems to be playing a role in this. Well, if you go to your primary care doctor or your neurologist, the imaging that people are getting is, is an x-ray, it's a CT scan, it's an MRI. Now, those are still images. Now, if you think of outside of the MD world, who would you go through? to for your neck, it's probably going to be a chiropractor. And a chiropractor is also going to take an x-ray. Well, so there's different types of chiropractors, so I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but uh, for the most part, they're going to look at alignment, which is still looking uh, at a still image. And it's not necessarily, so what's missing is this understanding of movement and how the neck should move, and especially the nuances in the upper part of the neck. So essentially what I'm doing in in the most listened to podcast is I'm, I'm connecting this neck problem to head and facial pain. And a lot of people that have that intuition of my, my neck feels like it needs to be worked on, um, they like that. They love it. It's, it's like this is something that I have not heard before, and it's that novelty and the fact that it, you know, it has been overlooked, that people, they love it. They reach out and they say, you know, either how do I find this in an area near me, which is always a hard question to answer, just like we said earlier, because it's not so prevalent. Um, but two, they, you know, we, we help them just once they understand how their neck can be connected, um, how to manage that in some sense. So we can work with people virtually, uh, but we love to, to work with people in person. But that podcast itself, we actually, a couple months ago, had a lady that was going to fly out and she just kept listening to the podcast and she was like, you know what, I, I actually implemented some things that you said and I feel like I'm good, so I don't need to come out. So um, sometimes it's, it, uh, you know, we like to get paid for what we do, but that's great too, that the podcast can have that much of an impact. You're going to put yourself out of business. I think so. Yeah, I'm sharing too much. <laughs> and I think you should rename that stretch to the Iron Man stretch. Oh, yeah. Because that cue really helped because <laughs> now I feel like Iron Man blasting off. I like that. Yeah, that's a good idea, Joe. Trademark it. Oh, no, Marvel might have a problem. Or yeah. Disney. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen, Marvel, or Disney. I don't want to get sick. Right. I've got, yeah, uh, we've got deeper pockets. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything that um, I didn't cover that you wanted our audience to know or hear? I just actually recorded a, a podcast on it today, but the there's a lot that can be done as far as self-management. And um, I just don't, 
I don't know if uh, people with migraine and then other, you know, any type of head or facial pain, I, I don't know if the permission is given or the, the knowledge is there to really know what to do. And so that would be my message of I, I try to empower people when it comes to self-care. Obviously, in-person care is great and we can, we can help solve those problems there. Um, but as far as like feeling hopeless and like there's nothing left to do and, and kind of feeling victim uh, to migraine, um, I would like to sort of add a layer of self-management when it comes to the physical aspect and managing tension that I think can really be beneficial. I love that. And it's so important as migraine patients that live with this disease for a long time, I had it for over 20 years that we provide ourselves every opportunity to feel better. Yeah. That we afford ourselves the ability to seek out different types of treatments and I know many of us have to exhaustion, but it's it's important to stay open and to to realize that the toolkit to use a cliche is vast and that there are so many different ways that we can work towards our health and wellness. And it's great that we have doctors like you, Dr. Taves, that are pushing the boundaries, holding your colleagues accountable and keeping them honest about migraine treatment, which is really important. And that you're sharing this with our audience and also through the work that you do professionally and on social media and in your podcast. So we appreciate it. Yeah. And I appreciate you, Joe, for giving me the opportunity because I'm passionate about what I do and I hope your listeners find it helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talking Head Pain, the podcast that confronts head pain head on. If you like this episode, please give it an honest five-star rating and subscribe so you never miss another one. I'm Joe Coe, and I will see you next time. Be inspired, supported, and empowered. This is the Global Healthy Living Foundation Podcast Network.